All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. We have the head coach of Amherst College, Coach Pine, will be joining us. So Jonas, let's hit the intro music and we will get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan Campione, joined alongside Jonas Guerrier. And Jonas, we have a special guest joining us for this episode if you want to introduce him to our audience. Sure. For today's episode, we have the head coach of Amherst Baseball, J.P. Pine, joining us. All right. How are we doing, guys? Great. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. Happy to be here. Awesome. So I think the first question that we always have on our mind whenever we do an interview on the show, and you can sort of take this in whichever direction you want to, but it's a very vague and unspecified question of, so who are you and what do you do in the baseball world? Uh, my name is J.P. Pine. I am the head baseball coach, like you said, at Amherst College. Um, this is my fifth year here, uh, which is which is sort of hard to believe, although that's been affected like much of the world uh, by, by some outside things. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. We, we get started here in... Uh, in a week so um it's that fun time of year when you know expectations are high and uh and we're undefeated so uh you know th- that's that's kind of where, where things are at right now 100 percent. so i think and sort of we'll start this with talking about your career journey in specific and then we'll get into the amherst days and what you're doing now but sort of let us know when you were probably maybe jonas or i age you probably knew you wanted to get into the baseball world in some capacity so how did you wind up deciding you know, college coaching is for me or that you wanted to be fully into this baseball lifestyle? Uh, well, I mean, I, I love the game growing up, um, you know, and and I played at, at St. Joseph's College in Maine uh, at the time where NAIA school, uh, a very successful program. Coach Samuel was still there. Um, and when I, I think the first sort of taste that I got of coaching and, and, and what it all meant um was when I was a student athlete there and I started getting involved in the recruiting. So I, I gave tours, I hosted overnights, and I, I, I sort of started to uh, recognize the value of that and and, um, and my, my, to be honest with you, we I, I looked at it kind of selfishly like we we wanted to have good players. We wanted people to want to come here and and, and uh, my way to contribute to that was to to show them around and make them feel comfortable and show them what I saw and why I loved where I was. And, and uh, um, by the time I, I graduated, I, I got injured prior to my senior year. I didn't play my senior fall. I had back surgery and, and um, you know, just being or seeing it from like a, a slightly detached lens, um, it, it that sort of confirmed for me that this is this is what I wanted to do and uh and I sort of set out from there yeah hey so you obviously didn't start at Amherst you've been around a couple different schools how did you decide on Amherst eventually how exactly what was the thought process in choosing Amherst to coach at well uh thankfully Amherst chose me right so like that's that's kind of uh that's that's probably a more accurate way um yeah, I, I think my 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 career has been 
kind of unique. It's funny to sit there, I think, uh, and look back now. I mean, I like to think we've I've got a lot ahead, but uh, you know, looking back, I think one of the things that that's maybe unique is you know my experience uh, at Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Uh, independent professional baseball, affiliated professional baseball, and a couple of different collegiate summer leagues. So it's a pretty broad span of, of what of what you can do in the game. And all of those experiences, uh, I think, you know, they were all a path, right? So um, you, you like to think every every move you make, every opportunity you pursue is is a step in the right direction a step towards um you know finding that place or uh that you want to stay forever and obviously your life circumstances change um you know my, my wife and i have have two uh awesome kids eight and four and so it's it's like living in this in this part of the world and you know in this area um is a great place for, for, for our family. It's, it's a great campus for our, our kids to grow up on. And so all of those things sort of worked out great. And, and um, you know, to be at a place where, um, you know, I, I honestly feel as though I want to finish my career here. I think that's, I, I feel really fortunate to be able to say that. I think one of the cool things, especially about Amherst and when Jonas and I were looking at your program, it seems like since 1966, I think there's just been three head coaches. So it seems like Amherst really does have that mentality of this is going to be your home for the rest of your career, which is definitely a cool thing to see. Yeah. And I think it's four head coaches since like 1944. <laughs> so it, it is it is pretty crazy. And and I'll tell you the other thing, too, that that's obviously baseball. And, and Bill Thurston is one of the great legends in coaching and the Hall of Famer. And, and uh, but one of the things that I, I benefit from is just walking down the hallway here. Uh, when I first got here, we had, um, you know, at the time Dave Hickson was here, he was basketball coach for 46 years, a couple of national championships. Uh, he's actually on the ballot for the basketball hall of fame uh, this year. So we're all pulling for coach Hickson and, and, you know, Jack arena, the hockey coach, uh, he actually played baseball here. Uh, he, he graduated in 19, 80 and never left and so um the stability and and all of the things that makes make people once they get here they don't want to leave like th those are things that are sort of attractive to you but also to have those that sort of institutional knowledge just just right next to me and right now i'm right next door to ej mills been the football coach for you know 20 some odd years and and to be able to to interact and and you know, pick their brains about things is, is, uh, has been tremendously valuable to me. Yeah. That sounds like it would be really great. Um, you, so you coached, you mentioned affiliated ball. Was that any different in particular? Cause you coached at some level in the Blue Jays organization. Was that any different in particular from independent ball or college ball? Are there any particular differences in that or is it relatively similar? Well, I, I think, um, my experience with 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 the Blue Jays was fantastic. I, I I I felt like I just got to sort of absorb everything. Um, I was coaching college baseball at the time, and in, it was in the summer. Um, I, I was living in Nashua, New Hampshire. I was coaching at Daniel Webster College, which is no longer. Uh, and but I was I was 
in in the double a club was in in manchester new hampshire so i was i was had a 20 minute ride and i would go up after after our game sometimes and uh i just i i, I always sort of likened it to getting a master's degree in baseball right so um, I had my own experiences and my own resources, and then I, I, I get to go be around these, the, the, again, the, the, the player development people, the manager and coaches. Uh, they treated me really, really well. I, I was in Manchester for <clears throat> a year and a half, and then they needed somebody in the Gulf Coast League, so I was down there. And uh, uh, it, it, there are a lot of differences. I mean, the f- first and foremost is – you know, the, the ability of the players, right? The physical abilities of, of the players, especially, you know, in, in, uh, in double a, those, those guys are a phone call away from the big, I actually got to sit in, in an office with the manager and the coaches and, and uh, tell a guy he's going to pitch in the big leagues the next day. And so like, that's an experience that I'll never forget. Um, and, the, you know, so the, 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 the level of play, but, but I always tell people when I came back to my college, teams I always said guys you're not going to believe this but the the pitcher the pitcher's mound is 60 foot six inches away <laughs> first base is 90, 90 feet away like it's the same game you know it's the same game and so let's approach it the same way let's let's build the kind of habits uh, that that you need to be as good as you can because that's all these guys did and they had some god-given ability that that separated them and, and their work ethic matched up and and um you know that, that that's how it happens so if you want to be as good as you can you need there to be sort of a mesh point where your work ethic and your ability meet and you make the decision to to take it as as, as far as you can or be as good as you can and, and that's what those guys did and and that's what our guys do i mean that's what we ask them to do and and um and so so that that's i don't know if i really answered the differences or the same part but um it, it was, I learned a lot every single day there. And, um, and, and I was able to take certain things and, 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 you know, that's, I think what coaching is a lot of times, right. It's stealing, stealing from people, stealing from, uh, people you look up to and, you know, you think you're stealing it from them, but they probably stole it from somebody <laughs> else. So, um, uh, you know, that, that's kind of what I've been able to do, uh, throughout my career. I think that's a great thing of sort of combining all the different skill sets, combining all the different mentalities that you've been exposed to throughout your career and sort of figuring out, so what's going to make my coaching style different? And another thing, I guess, sort of building off of that, because you mentioned you played in college. Do you think that affected your coaching style? Or do you think sort of knowing that like, hey, I've been in these guys' shoes, do you think that sort of has helped you as a coach? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, playing in, I was a relief pitcher. I think that informed my, um, you know, my the way I watched the game. You know, I, I was you know waiting for situations to sort of unfold, right? And uh, it, it informs the way that you watch and the way that you sort of engage um, and, and what, what to expect. You've got to sort of think ahead, and uh, so I, that's that definitely impacted me. Um, I think what you're seeing more and more today, uh, again, going back to the professional level, uh, I think it's probably less and less important in terms of what your playing experience was. Um, now, probably more than ever. Uh, I, I know for a fact, you know, going back to the, the Blue Jay stuff, one of the things I was in, in a position potentially to get uh, 
um, turn the, the sort of part-time position into a full-time position. And one of the reasons that it didn't happen, they, they told me, but I appreciate the honesty and very, they're very frankly, frankly with me was I didn't play professional baseball and they wanted somebody that had that experience. And I understood it. And I feel like now it, it maybe was bad timing or good timing. You know, I'm, I'm certainly happy and, and wouldn't trade a thing. Um, but now more and more you see people, um, uh, Playing experience, sure, you know, whatever to whatever level that is, but maybe not professionally, certainly not at, at the big in the big league level. Um, getting those opportunities, and, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, the use of, of data and analytics, and partly the data and analytics, but probably more uh, importantly, the ability to take that data and analytics and feed it to the players in a you know digestible way. Uh, they, they just need the right people to do that. They don't need them to be, you know, on a baseball card somewhere. I think sort of going immediately off that point, because I know that triggered my brain in a way, and that one of the key things we always talk about on the podcast is that balance between analytics and then the eye test of sort of the old-fashioned baseball. And I guess not jumping ahead to your time at Amherst, but I guess sort of as a coach in throughout your career, and I guess now is there's more analytics and you're at a school like Amherst where you probably have more resources than you did in the past, sort of, what is that balance like of knowing, hey, the analytics might say to pull a pitcher, but if he's dominating through six innings, I'm not going to pull him because he's doing really well. So sort of that balance between analytics and your old-fashioned eye test. Yeah, I think that, I think that the, the key word there is, is balance, right? I think we have to sort of thread the needle. And, and one of the things that uh, even compared to, you know, you know at Amherst as a, as a Division three institution, a NESCAC school, you know, our schedule is 36 games. So that's, you know, that I, I always, one of the things that always sort of holds me back from diving in with both the, into the analytical piece is, is the, the questions about our sample sizes. Right. And, and, um, and I, I just think sometimes that can skew some information. Um, but I, I also, we've, we've done, I think a really good job and I've been fortunate to, I have great assistant coaches now. Kyle Bonnecke played for me at Clark University, and he's with me now. Um, Andy Morales uh, had a really uh, has had like a really interesting journey in his career as a player and now as a coach, and he's uh, he, he's he does a great job with our pitchers. We we really work to integrate tech into what we do without letting it take over, and so um, some days we'll sit that we'll just sit down and, and talk and and when when the conversation starts uh leaning too heavily one way we just try to recognize that right we try and recognize it and just say you know let's not get too uh reliant on on something that you know may or may not be you know an accurate picture of what we're doing and uh i think that we we do a good job of it i hope um you know that's our, our goal every day um but i think that one thing that you can't really quantify with with the tech and the, and the analytics is is the culture of your team and it's the you know the leadership and the competitiveness uh and so those are the things that, that i think as coaches we we really try to focus on and you know i, I believe that if you go about it the right way and and you you do the things that, that you do well and you develop your players and you um, you know, 
in, instill the, those work ethic things and, and, and set expectations and hold people accountable, in the end, the eye test and the analytics are going to, it's going to be a wash. I, I believe that it's probably not always the case. There's always those outliers. Um, and, and so I, I think that we, we do a really good job of threading that needle and, and we try to keep things as balanced as possible. Yeah. So you mentioned having a good culture being really important. Is there anything in particular you do to instill that? Are there any tips you would give about for other people potentially trying to do that with lower level teams or anything? Is there anything that's really important in sort of building a winning culture? Well, what I've found is, is that if you, the foundation of it needs to be honesty, right? Communication and honesty. And I think that that starts in the recruiting process. Um, we're obviously at a, an incredibly uh, rigorous, you know, world-renowned academic institution. So if you're even in my office, you're a pretty special person. And so um, we, we, we treat them with that sort of respect, but without, you know, going overboard, right? So um, we... I think it starts with that that honesty, and you know we talk about the, the the culture being they have so many things pulling them in so many different directions, and there's so much um, you know, like I said, rigor academically, and and these young men are are high achieving people, and and they they have that they have that sort of mindset of like let's go, and um, we want our our piece of their day to be sort of a, a respite from that. We want them to look forward to to baseball where they can sort of check check that bag at the door of you know everything else, right? They're they're interviewing for internships, they're interviewing for jobs, they're uh, they're meeting with you know alumni, they're they're going to class, they've got papers due. I mean they're they're incredibly challenged. Uh, we want them to look forward to baseball and and um, look forward to coming here. We want to be the best part of their day. And so if that's if that's what you want to be, you sort of reverse engineer your culture to make it a place where they're going to be excited about coming. And I think it starts with the coaching staff in terms of our our attitude. We can't we we have to do the same thing, right? We can't we have to I really believe no matter what's going on, you have to be the same way every single day. Because if, if they can't rely on you to, to be to be that thing, then how can you know you, you expect them to be reliable? And so, um, so I think it starts there, and then you you let your leaders lead. I, I like to empower our guys um, to, to you know I, I want to win the NESCAC championship this year, but if I'm the only one in the room that wants to do it, it's not going to happen, right? So you got to find out what they want, what motivates them, and and make sure that it's sort of working together with what your goals are. And uh, and then empower empower your leaders to uh, to achieve those things. I think what you were sort of just mentioning is really cool and interesting. What most people might not think about when it comes to college athletes, and that it's different than the professionals. And that here, it's sort of a part of their life, but it's not their entire life because they're going to classes, they're studying for tests, they're doing everything that a normal student would do on top of actually preparing for a baseball season. And that's probably something different than what you saw with the Blue Jays, where guys might have a job or a side job, but baseball is their lifestyle. Baseball is what's making them money versus here. And especially if you want to go into this in a second, more of the 
Amherst is an amazing academic school as well as athletic school. So I'm sure your students have to balance both of those aspects of their life. No question about it. And, and again, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that from a, from a cultural standpoint as a coaching staff, we, it starts in the recruiting process, but we understand why they're here. And, and we tell our guys that um, you can absolutely go on to Am from Amherst College and go play professional baseball. Uh, countless guys have done it in the past. Um, but if that's your end all, if that's your be all, if that's your goal, your number one thing, there's a thousand places that, to go that are better to get you there, right? You know, like there, there are much more likely paths. Um, and so you have to you have to know what what you're getting into here. And again, I think people do. Um, but you know, the other the other thing too, I, I always, you know, we talk about it a lot in in terms of the recruiting side of things. But um, it, there's an you know there's an incredible relationship between Amherst College and professional baseball outside of the players, right? And so uh, you know we, we sort of talk about our three general managers, and uh, and then you know right now I think we have two assistant general managers. We have uh, you know there, there's a, a tremendous amount of Amherst alums working in professional baseball uh, right now, and, and and over the last you know 40 years, and so. Um, we're all, I think all of us as, you know, little boys growing up, you, know, you, you got to sort of tear that uniform off at some point. Uh, but for, for our, our, these brilliant people that are, you know, a lot of them are you know, in the econ world, they go and, and uh, they have that opportunity to go and, and stay in the game for, for forever, uh, you know, as a, as a, um, at the executive level. And so um, that's, that's another sort of neat component to, to this program aside from being, you know, the oldest college baseball program in the world. 100%. Then you also did mention that buzzword, I think, in there of recruiting. And I know there are probably some high schoolers who, as soon as they saw the head coach of Amherst is on, they're probably wondering, oh, is he going to give me a nugget or two about if I want to play at Amherst or that sort of thing. So I assume we're not going to give away the whole tricks of the trade and how you guys are recruiting and all that fun stuff. But if there is sort of that high schooler out there that saw head coach of Amherst is on this podcast. Let me listen to him talk for half an hour. And he wants to play for Amherst in the future, sort of one or two pieces of advice that you'd sort of give to him, let him know that if he wants to play for Amherst, this is what he should do. Uh, well, I think that, I think that um, it starts it, it, at a place like Amherst, much like, you know, both of your schools, it has to start with the academics. The foundation has to be there. Um, you know, the, the academic rigor uh, that, that you choose you know, in, in a baseball, in a baseball term, we would call it, you know, strength of schedule. Uh, that's what we tell our guys. So if we get, you know, engaged in, in a conversation with a high school junior, you know, we're telling them, hey, look, if you're really serious about us, um, you got to show me by, by, by getting those AP classes, getting those honors classes uh, and, and, and really challenging yourself uh, because you're going to be challenged here. And so, I think that that's the like before we could even you know broach the topic of baseball, we have to make sure we're in that sort of academic window um, because we don't want to waste their time or, or certainly not ours. And so um, that's that's the number one thing. And then I, I think it's we're sort of in, in an interesting time in college baseball in this 
you know, I guess it's probably a little premature to call it post COVID, but you know, we're back to sort of being up and running um, full schedules, et cetera. But um, I think that a lot of us were forced to, to sort of put our arms around using video more than we probably ever wanted to in the recruiting world. Um, but I think that we're back to where we can do a lot, you know, a lot of our in-person stuff and we're on the road all summer, but I think that at this point for us, what we, we probably wouldn't take a guy or, or make an offer to, to a player based off of video. Uh, but we might say no mm-hmm. because video, mm-hmm. does that make sense? So like, um, so I, I, again, you know, I, I always tell, tell people like, send us, send us a video. It doesn't need to be, you know, I'm, we're not worried about the cinematography of it here. Right. Just, Send, send us something you know it can be a you know a 10 second iphone video of you know three or four swings or, or a couple pitches whatever it might be uh let us get get a, a look at you and then we'll start the process from there because it is a unique process at a place like this um uh, from an admissions standpoint and so um you know that 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 sort of initial contact matters and and you know the way that, that we, we people reach out to us and and you know, we all have the stories about the wrong school, you know, my name's wrong, whatever it is, um, you know, and, and those things happen. We're all, we're all sort of human beings. We're all human beings. But like, we, we just want to have as much information as possible when we make those decisions. And so um, we're going to go and, and try our best to, to do our due diligence. And um, I think that the, it has to start with the academic side, the rigor of, of, the, of the schedule, and then the, the athletic side. Um, anything that, that you can do to sort of showcase that is going to be beneficial. Yeah, so that sounds really helpful. Just also, not that you need necessarily to pitch Amherst as a great school, but just in case anyone listening for some reason hadn't heard of it, what do you think makes Amherst so great, and why do you want to stay there for the rest of their career what's like the best part of it for you yeah i mean like i said i think it's the, the for me personally it, it's it's the people um i love the history and the tradition of of, of this place uh as i mentioned it's you know the, the baseball program played in the first college baseball game in 1859 uh it's just those types of things uh are uh are just what i think set us apart from a lot of our competitors uh, and the other thing, we like quite frankly, we don't have a lot of competitors, right? I mean, we're talking about academics at, at this level, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that uh, along those same lines, the history and, and tradition. One of the things that that we always believe sets us apart is our alumni network and what our alumni are, are doing in the world, and where you know, there's there's so much diversity in this program in, in, in such a wide variety of, of ways. Um, you know the 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 sales pitch that 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 uh, everyone that we're really serious about hears when they're you know, I'll give you this this little uh, preview of it is um, you know we believe that if you get a degree from Amherst College you're in a position to go do anything you want to do and if you get a degree from Amherst College and you play baseball for four years you're in a position to do anything that you want to do and there's an army of people that want to help you reach those goals. And I think that's something that that a, a lot of young people and, and families, you know, they, they want to hear that. They want to know that that's that that's the case. And 
um, you know, because you're not making a four-year decision, you're making a 40-year decision. And so um, we want to give them a, a true picture of what it's like to become a part of this this Amherst College program. 100%. That's always great to hear of sort of the alumni giving back. I know, Jonas, this is a little different from our high school. We've always heard it's grained in a, and Jonas and I went to the same high school. They're like, you're going to, the four years you're here, you're going to be working hard and it might suck, but we trust you that like that network is going to eventually pay off in the long run. And it's definitely fun to see, even at college where it's like guys that I didn't know went to the same high school as me. They were four years older than me. The first day I was on campus, they were like, let me show you the ropes. Let me show you everything. And it's sort of good to see that Amherst has that same community environment of everyone wanting to help each other out. So yeah, I, think- I mean, again, the hope is that it leads to, you know, internships and job opportunities and, and just building that network that's going to, you know, help you help you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And I think we do have these two sort of fun questions to wrap up with you. I think I might know the answer to your first one based on something you said earlier. But the question that we wanted to ask first was with all your baseball knowledge, whether it's with Amherst, the Blue Jays or anywhere in between your favorite baseball interaction from all your years coaching. Ooh, my favorite interaction. I mean, that's a good that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I would say, uh, again, having the opportunity to to, uh, to work, I'll, I'll give you that one because uh, I, I think you're, you're going on the same thing. But uh, I was in the, the Visitors Clubhouse in Akron, Ohio, and um, I, I guess I got sort of duped too. I, I was, we were out with the pitchers doing our pitchers meeting. We came back in and um, we, we, uh, Sat down, and the manager at the time was Louis Rivera, who's the third base coach for Blue Jays now. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And he came in, and he called us all in, and 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 he called in a, a, a young pitcher named Zach Stewart. And you know, he he was he had the, he was always a very positive guy. He had sort of this stern look on his face, and uh, you know, long story short, short. Um, they told Stu that he was pitching in two days in in uh, in Toronto against the Orioles, and uh, I just I, I I just felt like this amazing like I felt like it was me, you know, getting <laughs> called up and and uh, the way that it worked out, he pitched in a day game, and we got to uh, we got to go and as a as a group, a bunch of us got to go. Uh, we found some place uh, in Akron where, where they had the game on, on TV and we got to go and watch him pitch. And so it was just a really cool, it, it was a really, really cool experience for me. No, that's awesome to hear because it goes back to the idea of even if I'm not going to be the person on the mound closing out the World Series, I'd love to be a part of the story of the guy that eventually does that. So it's really cool exactly. to hear. And then the second one we had for you, because I know you are on the college baseball level, but Everyone keeps up with the MLB. So who knows if we come back in November and you had this correct prediction, but who's winning the 2023 World Series? Ooh, ooh. Um, well, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna I'm gonna say Houston again. I know that's I, I'm certainly not rooting for it, but um uh, again, one of my one of my cool interactions that, that was among the uh the things was when I was considering your the last question was um I was a part of the recruiting process for Jeremy Pena at the University of Maine. And so to see him, uh, to see him achieve all he did this past year was, was, you know, sort of like what you said before, right? You see him at this, at this, uh, this crowd. And he was a pretty special player, even as a high schooler in, in Rhode Island. Um, 
and then to choose the University of Maine, get drafted and still come, um, have a great career at Maine, go in the third round at Houston and eventually get, you know, get Carlos Correa, one of the best players in the world, sort of booted out of that position and then for him to, to do what he did. Um, it's hard, it's hard not to root for Jeremy and, and, uh, um, but, uh, and I, but I got a couple of Houston guys on my team here that, uh, I like to, I like to pick on. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I hope that Jeremy does it, does it again. I love it. I know Jonas is the Yankee fan on the podcast, probably doesn't want to see another Houston world <laughs> series, but I am fully on board with that and would love to see the dynasty fully established. Well, uh, we definitely appreciate all the time and insight that you gave us today, Coach. I know, Jonas, unless you've got anything else to throw in. No, sounds great. Just thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Had well, a blast, I Coach. It. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Best of luck. No worries. Thanks so much. So for yeah. Jonas, Coach, and myself, Dylan, until the next time, the side is retired. <laughs>